Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome back to episode 176 with your boy East Coast Trev. Uh, things are a little bit crazy and hectic here um, in the podcast world. Uh, I'm actually going through captain class right now, so I, we're not really recording. These are all pre-recorded. Uh, we had actually, this episode is with Doug from the Springfield Show. We are totally looking forward to that. There is nothing more than we have to look forward to but show season. The deer season has kind of come to an end here, and um, you know we're looking forward to show season it's one of those things we will be in Harrisburg the last weekend the 9th 10th 11th and 12th um so the whole crew is going to come down there yes I said the whole crew if you guys missed out on the podcast from 175 you guys might want to go and listen in there's some really good news we've uh collaborated and joined up with uh four new buddies of ours Tyler Seth um Justin and Lou so those guys are killing it um, they got a ton of cool stuff. We'll be releasing a ton of stuff from their past season here on our YouTube page coming up very soon. Um, and they will be traveling with us and going to the shows, uh, Springfield, Mohegan, Harrisburg, you name it, we'll be there. Uh, and most of the guys will be swinging in on some of the most important days like Saturdays and stuff like that. But uh, come and check us out. And as we were, were talking about, this episode is about the Springfield Sportsman Show. And I had done the Springfield Sportsman Show last year kind of solo and had a great time. The foot traffic is absolutely phenomenal. And we go through kind of through the pod, through the, through while we're doing the podcast, we go through a little bit of everything um, and what it is today. I know that like everybody kind of, you know, goes to these shows and they're like, oh, well, it's not this and it's not that. But you know what? There's... There's a there's a point where, you know, we want, you know, right at hand. We want to see these products and stuff. And that's what these shows are for is to go there and don't give up hope on this because these shows are starting to come back. These people are going there. The businesses need us. The industry needs us. So you guys go to these shows and check things out. Bring the, the, the new the, the little ones with you. Uh, bring new hunters with you. Uh, it's important. These shows are very important for that. Um and there hasn't really been much going on these pat. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on, but not much as far as like in the outdoors. Other than the turkey, I mean the squirrel competition. If you guys aren't in on the squirrel competition, guys, get on over to the Outdoor Drive on Facebook. It's a group page. You can get it through the Outdoor Drive podcast. Um, we actually have a group. And inside that group, we do a ton of cool stuff. We talk about this every single episode. It's nothing new, but get on over there and check it out. The squirrel competition, we're doing the longest gray squirrel, the longest red squirrel, and the most squirrels. So, guys, don't miss out on it. It's a great thing. Nor'easter Game Calls has donated a ton of stuff. We have, we're working on some other prizes. Um, there's going to be a little bit of a facelift coming to the Outdoor Drive um, it's no longer going to be the Outdoor Drive podcast. It's going to be the Outdoor Drive. So the logos are going to change, your cover arts, your clip arts, all that stuff has just been in the process of working. That means that there's going to be new merch as far as new hats, new shirts, new sweatshirts. Everything's going to be on the OutdoorDrive.com. Um, and we're, we're looking forward to it. 2023, we came out, of, came out of it with a bang, and we're going to end it with a bang. We're looking forward to see what we can come up with in the year to come. Um, there's six of us now on the crew. Um, they're not always all going to be on the podcast, but it, you'll hear me and Madman Marduk consistently throughout on all of the podcasts together. And the other boys will jump in here and there, and they're also going to do a lot of the video and content creation, as you guys have probably already seen if you're on our social media. 
But we're looking forward to those guys, and we're also looking forward to show season and uh, you guys actually shaking hands and meeting everybody because we're going to be at these shows. So make sure to stop in and see us, and we'll, we'll, all, we'll all be at Huntstock. I know that for a fact. Um, but let's get a word from our sponsors, um, and let's get this show underway so you guys can hear what's going on here in Springfield. Oi, you! Yeah, you! Put down that mug of Joe and get your lips wrapped round one of these bad boys. That's right. Nor'easter game calls. Give it a blow. Nor'easter game calls. Get them in close. This winter, use Huntworth's Heat Boost products for impeccably warm body parts, guaranteed. Get more for less with Huntworth. Vital Ground Outdoors for all your climbing hardware needs. Amstel Mobile Hunting redefined with Vital Ground Outdoors. New Era Archery, home of the Zeus Broadheads as well as the Hera. Let the Zeus loose with New Era Archery. I would just like to thank our generous sponsors. Back over to you, Trevor. Our man, Manish. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate the sponsors. If you guys haven't checked them out, you can get on to theoutdoordrive.com. There is a sponsor page there, or you can go check out Nor'easter at nor'eastergamecalls.com. You can go and check out uh, Vital Ground at Vital Ground Out outdoors.com huntworth is huntworthgear.com if you guys don't have your spring turkey stuff you might want to go and do that this stuff is out of control i use it for a whole turkey season and beat the living daylights out of it i've like just like everything else that i use just beat the socks off of it and it and it held up uh and also last but not least uh zeus broadheads uh also the hera at uh, newerarchery.com. So go and check those out, guys. Let's get on over to Doug. He's generous enough to come and join us um, and kind of tell a little bit of what's, what's going on for the Springfield show. He left a lot out, so you're going to have to go there and see what happens. But let's break it over to him, and uh, let's see what's going on in the world of the Springfield Sportsman Show. All right, we're back on the phone with the man behind the scenes from the Springfield Sportsman Show, Mr. Doug Sousa. How are you, Doug? Hey, hey, doing great, man. Hey, we appreciate you taking the time and joining us and, and kind of shedding some light on what's going on in your world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, this is our time, that's for sure. Let's see. Uh, got it. I had to get a message off my screen here <laughs> and notes from the kids. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, why don't we turn this key like we like to do, put this thing into overdrive. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do, Doug? Great, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the president of uh, Outdoor Sports Expo Group, OSEG. We've been running the Springfield Sportsman Show 39 years now, and if it wasn't for our friend COVID, it would have been 40 this year. So uh, we've been around for a long time, right there at the uh, Eastern States Exposition Fairgrounds, uh, home of the Big E, and uh, we've been running this hunting and fishing sportsman show with generations and generations of folks. That's awesome, man. We we all we all remember the days. You know, I know Steve talks about it a ton of you know being a kid and going to those shows and how important they were to to our childhood. Honestly, we look forward to going to those yep. shows. And you and you were the man behind it. You're, now your father well, started it. My dad started Frank. He was a, a locally known uh, uh, outdoor writer. He wrote for the Springfield newspaper for, I think, fifty five, sixty years. His all outdoors column. Uh, a lot of people knew him, remembered him, liked him. Easy to follow in those footsteps. But he, at one point, he uh, convinced me I ought to leave my corporate job to uh, somewhat corporate. I flew around the country working on uh, big equipment. He, he convinced me to leave my job. He says, you have an opportunity to not only work for people you want to see succeed, but also to work with folks that you like in fields that you like, you know, and, and you can relate to it. Every time I talk with one of my uh, exhibitors, it's always something, you know, hey, how's the season, you know, how, how was your take, and, and uh, just a lot of fun. It's, it's been a blast, so... My dad didn't lie to me. It, it, it has been good. It's, it's more than just a bump and grind business. So, so how did it all come to fruition and this, and this come, come about 39 years ago or 40 years ago? Right. There was actually a guy, Jim Keneally. He's gone now. Uh, matter of fact, all three of the original uh, 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 guys that started the show 
are gone. My dad, Jim Keneally, who was out in New York, and Buffalo Borchers, who's from Chickabee, Mass. My dad's from uh, uh, Granby, Mass. Anyway, my dad died a year ago in September. He was the surviving guy. He lived to be 90, did real great for himself. But anyway, uh, somewhere near 30, 33 to 35 years ago, uh, they took me in. And, and I'm sort of the surviving guy out of the whole thing now. But uh, it's it's been a blast, you know. I, uh, it, it's a lot of work. It's it's all year round. It's like a farmer uh, tending a field. You know, you got to plow the soil. You got to put the seeds in. You got so even though the show only runs three days at the end of February, it still is a constant tending and and, and getting information out and talking to people and making sure press releases and you know uh, uh, Facebook gets answered. <laughs> All this sort of stuff. Even though it's a dormant period, which is really great. I get a break in there. But uh, for the most part, it's full-time. We are full-time show promoters. So what made your father and, and the people that founded it with him want to even start this outdoor show? There had been a, a, a sportsman show prior to them, but many, many years ago. And I think it was, um, I think it was a sportsman's club in... Agawam. There's somebody out there still alive that remembers it. Uh, I remember going to it, uh, but they hadn't run it in about four years. This guy out of uh, East Greenbush, New York, came out, sought my father, who, being an outdoor writer, he knew that he could get the word out about the show and everything else, and he said to my father, do you have a hard-working guy? And that was Buffalo Borchers, and uh, he was the hard-working guy. He loved being the general, you know, if you snap your heels, he loved it even more. <laughs> but, but uh, it 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 uh, uh, it was a labor of love, you know. It was something that all these guys enjoyed. They uh, they they helped put this thing together. Jim unfortunately uh, got sick and, and only made it in less than five years out of all this. Wow. Buffalo died about eight years ago, and my dad, uh, you know, had been involved right up until his passing uh, a year ago September but uh, yeah it's <laughs> it's a funny one let me tell you it's not your regular business you know you don't you don't advertise and do things for a year round like you might a restaurant or a, a car wash or anything else in the world you know it, it, you, you're, you're planning and doing things for one boom pinpointed weekend that's it that's you got to harvest that's nuts, and it, and it probably there's a lot of prob probably a lot of work that goes into it with lining everybody up, making sure that there's a proper amount of vendors, and that the advertisement goes out for the people so that everybody else shows up there and all the events. Yep, yep. All the little different demos, you know, like uh, Yankee Waterfall is this year, brand new group of guys. They're going to do some dog demos for us. You know, we're going to do some, maybe something in the pool. We have a guy that's traditionally been in our retrieving pool for years, having his dogs launch and, and him giving instruction and everything else. But here we have another group, you know, so it's, it's, it's fun that the dynamics are always changing, you know, whether it's this seminar speaker or that one, we have our favorites that have been around forever, you right. know, and some people are bored of them and other people absolutely got to see them each year, you know, and, and, and that makes it fun. It's a, uh, what's that saying? Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. It's kind of like that, you know. You you got to have the full mix. It it uh, got to throw a little bit of this and that into that chili. <laughs> and and that's it. I mean, like I remember going to the show, and there's always that one guy you got to see, or you got to go and get a, a duck call from this guy, or you got to go and see this guy for you know. I remember uh, what's that? Musky Joe in the corner. He's always in the oh, back yeah, corner. Yeah. Been there for umpteen years. Yeah, I, 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 I've been out musky fishing with Musky Joe up in Ottawa, Canada. Uh, it was, uh, he's the funniest little son of a gun. Ain't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's always like, he's got his country western music cranked up. And the river we're on was the Rio River up there. Yep. Now that sounds like the Rio River that divides the U.S. and Canada, right? But it's Rio, R E. I-O-U-X or something like that, right? Uh, Canadian and uh, a French-Canadian. Well, anyway, Musky Joe, what a blast he is. He's dancing and singing, and I had a monster. I, I got a nice almost 40-inch musky, but, boy, I'll tell you what, the one that got away, holy mackerel, crazy. <laughs> really, 
just a monster. But Musky Joe, yeah, yeah. So you've probably met a ton of people through the show that have become oh. the greatest of friends of yours throughout your entire oh. life. You know what's funny is, and 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 I, I I can drop some big names, right? But it's the ones that mattered that matter. That still, years later, uh, we we had Ted Nugent uh, at our show years ago, but to get him, uh, uh, I had bumped into him, asked him about it, uh, 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 had him give me a call. Oh no, he told me the code word whatever city he's in to find him at a local hotel. And I got the code word. So he was doing a lot of concerts back then. And, uh, uh, uh so I, I call this hotel and I asked for a certain someone and, and Ted's on the line and we're three o'clock in the morning. We're still going at it, you know? So after his concert, about three o'clock in the morning, we're on the phone for four hours. And we were just like parallel running down the track, you know, it was, it was a blast. And I said, Ted, do me a big favor. I said, give a call to our office in the morning and, and, and say hi to my dad. Well, he calls in the morning, and he's a, he's a man of his word. Ted is a straight-up dude, man of his word. And uh, what do you know? My dad and him, four hours, right down the same track. It was a, <laughs> you know, it was a blast. It was really great. Uh, but Ted, Ted's a, a solid dude. And, and for about seven or eight years after we had him, He'd call us every time. Hey, Doug, uh, uh, we got Ted Nugent on the office phone. Can you come down here? Pre-cell phone, right? And uh, I'd go down the office there. Hey, Doug, Ted here. Just want to wish you and your dad the best show season ever. Blah, 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 blah. He wasn't making any money from us. It wasn't uh, a duty he had to do. This wasn't anything except he liked us, you know? He's the type of guy, he'd go a long ways if he liked you, you know, and those are the ones that matter. And, those he, are the ones that matter. and he believed in you. He believed in what you were doing and what the yeah. cause of and what it, what, what it meant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff, though. That's awesome. But, yeah. But he was, he was a lot of fun to walk around with. <laughs> that is opinion. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. Like, he, you know, it, it's funny, and, and, uh, and, so a, a good buddy of ours who has also has a podcast. They had him on the podcast, right? And uh, our buddies at Working Class Bowhunter, they're they're based out of the Midwest. Really good dudes. These guys are just absolute killers. Some of the best. We call them family. But uh, so they had Ted on, on their podcast, and um, after their podcast, everyone's like, "Oh, you should probably have Ted Nugent on." I go, "Listen, I couldn't even hold the stick to Ted. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with the, the fast pace with him." That guy is automatic 24 hours a day. Ted is wound up and ready to go 24 hours a day. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, how how do you, I don't even know the questions to ask him. He's in a whole different atmosphere. When you, when you come to conversation, you start talking NRA and this, that and gun rights and he would be off the chain. Like I wouldn't even know how to manage that. Like in a conversation, it would be the toughest thing ever. Take over. He'd hold your hand for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a professional at it, I bet, right? <laughs> oh, he is. He's, he's, he's probably one of the greatest communicators of our time, and he's on our side. Yeah. He doesn't take BS from anybody. He knows the facts and is willing to go ahead and lay them out. And one of the, one of the greatest things that I, I saw on an interview uh, with Ted was, you know, there was an animal rights person, and, and, and Ted just straight up said to him, he goes, uh, he goes, look there's a dog and a human being drowning in front of you, and you can only save one. Who do you save? The dog. And that person can answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's your dog, of course. <laughs> but, but the idea being that, you know, human beings are supposed to have a higher value, and, you, and you're supposed to have that type of uh, uh, respect for human beings and human life, you know, primary, pinnacle. Mm-hmm. And, and no dogs and then cats would be next on the list uh you know there are other things but the rest of it has been preordained for our use as human beings and then i'm not saying abuse you know people need to follow game laws and do the right thing but uh, uh ted, ted lays it out for you real good he he uh, was it was funny because uh, during that time he was coming out with a uh, a uh, like beef jerky buffalo jerky all these wild game game stick jerkies and i said and he his old saying was 
whack them and stack them. That's right. that's an old Ted saying. Was whack them and stack them. I said, Ted, here it is. Whack them, stack them, and snack them. The beef jerky didn't take off, but I thought that was perfect. Absolutely. Whack them, stack them, and snack them. You know, but uh, he's always got ideas. He's a good guy. There's nothing yeah. better than that, man. So who do you, who yeah. do you have coming coming to the show? Some of the big attractions that people can look forward to at the Springfield Sportsman Show this year. Well, we just got in this week, and it's been a while developing it. And I'm really, really pleased about it. Ruger Firearms is coming in with a very big uh, uh, display. It, it, you know, the, the same sort of thing they go to the SHOT Show with and all that. Ruger's coming in big. That's coming in big. awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Isn't that fun? Isn't that great? But I, I didn't even realize it. Of course, I might be... I need to pick up my uh, American Rifleman magazine more often, but uh, um, um, uh, Ruger also has Marlin firearms. I, I wasn't aware of that. So it was Ruger slash Marlin when, when I got the contract in uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder if they, if they, I don't, I don't know much about, about that, that transition but, together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Hmm. It was, I didn't even know it. I just kept on saying Ruger to the guys I was dealing with. Ruger this, Ruger that, Ruger, Ruger, Ruger. And then the contract comes in, Ruger Marlin. So mm. so it's for one. We're getting a real nice, gigantic industrial display, you know, a, a, a trade show type display and our little old commercial show. And, and these people do a great job. I used to be uh, close friends with a guy over at Ruger. Uh, I just met him and we developed and he, he did a lot of shows with us and he stopped doing it, but he was Bill Ruger's, uh, uh personal attache. Mm-hmm. So this guy was, let's say he was a, he was the back porch drinking buddy with Bill Ruger, the founder of Ruger firearms down in Arizona. I'm sure they're shooting tin cans off the fence post. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey, try this one. That was a good one. Oh, nice scotch. <laughs> 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 but yeah it's uh, it's great to have ruger in where it's very exciting uh i'm hoping i'm hoping in in in, in um, smith and wesson is moving out of the area but i'm hoping that they uh they take notice and and and, and remember to to come into the show i've i've worked it from a lot of different angles and mm-hmm. and, and the the problem is sometimes when you get into the corporate stuff is you don't have connection because they're doing things for all sorts of reasons, and uh, sometimes you're not part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I hope I hope uh, Smith and Wesson comes in. I would really like if they're going to move down south. They were founded uh, what, 150, 200 years ago right in, in in Springfield, Massachusetts. You know, right? Not, not down south somewhere. Yeah. You know, they it was right here it was in the Northeast and. And I hope they they find it to to come in and and be part of things with us. I mean, there's a ton of of weapons brands that come from the Northeast. I mean, Mossberg was here, Marlin was here. I mean, all those brands were all here, and 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 found yeah. Colt was here. I mean, there was a ton of them at at one point, and I mean, we kind of pushed them out. I mean, we didn't personally, but you know, yeah. government yeah. politic crap kind of pushed them out, but. It, you know, it would be nice if they were in some of these shows. You see them in Pennsylvania, you know, at the NRA show and stuff. And Well, that NRA show is run now by the same people that run the SHOT show. Okay. So that's why they have that huge haul full of guns. They never had it before. Mm-hmm. So NRA, uh, excuse me, I keep on getting notes on it here. Uh, the NRA uh, runs that, that, and that's the world's largest sportsman show. Right. And that is, it is very, very impressive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great show. Uh, uh, but uh, they, uh, as the NRA, have a, a lot of, uh, I don't want to say control, influence. Let's call it influence over all the gun manufacturers. And that's quite spectacular down there. And mm-hmm. I can't hold a candle to that. But, um, uh, you know, Savage has been in in the past. We hope Savage Arms comes in again this year. Everyone's got reasons not to. We've had, right. uh, last year especially, we had any larger type of group other than your your mom and pops and smaller uh, type businesses were saying, well, we can't send our people out there during the time of COVID to blah, blah, blah. Well, 
you know, leave it to the individuals. Let them decide. They want to come out. They got to do their job and 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 bring their product to the people. You know, and, right. But it, it, it's hard. I, all I can do is lay out an invitation. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing you do you do very well. You know, do a great job with that. You know, there's a ton of great people, like you said. The dog. You know, you have the dog jump in, the fly cast in, <laughs> the fly tying. I mean, you have a big diversity of people that are there. Taxidermists to outfitters to you know. There's a little bit of everything in there, and it's you know. The only thing we're really going to be missing this year: boats, fishing boats. Yeah. Off, they can't get them. Last year, one of our dealers came in. He had six boats. That was his allotment for the whole year, and they were sold before he got to the show. Wow! So, sell stuff. Got to have something to sell, and uh, so that that stuff that's going to be tough this year. But um, I'm I'm reaching out into upstate New York, and hopefully, going to get some bass boat guys in at least, at yeah. least. But a lot of these guys don't need to do this show. There are people that. They're waiting for a boat, and the model year changes, and then so they got last year's boat paying for it and receiving it this year. Wow, that's crazy! And I didn't even think of none of that. Yeah, yeah. It. I think some of it had to do with, and I think it was BS anyway. But remember when the that the canal was blocked up, and they said, "Oh, all the the uh, computer chips and everything else." Da 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 da. I think that was. I think that was BS, but it gave them an excuse mm-hmm. not to produce right product. No, no well. I totally but, agree with you. Yeah, we, but I'm still going <laughs> to invite uh, dealers to come in, come and see their people, sh- tell them about the services uh, that they offer and everything else. And, but one thing that was worked, and I was thinking, well, if the boat dealers can't come, maybe we'll get a major dock dealer, right? Yeah, the other day, calls me. Happened that I know him. <laughs> oh, really? I know him 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it was great. So we we do have a nice big dock display and stuff like that. But that's the perfect time for the accessories and anything associated with, with boating and fishing is is, is now. Right. You know, they get a new boat, but they can get the other stuff. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, that's even better, you know, because you can't get the boat, so you might as well get everything else that goes with it, right? It's tough, baby. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's awesome. So have yeah. you, um, as far as, like, we were talking a little bit before, before like, the, the, the amount of, of foot traffic in some of these shows now is exponential to what it used to be a couple yeah. of years ago. Right. Right. And it's coming back. It's coming back strong. What happens, though, and it happens almost with anything, and I'm sure it happens with large events like state fairs and everything else, they go, ah, maybe I'm not going to go this year. No, I'll go next year. I went last year. You know? and But to have it taken from them, to have it that they couldn't, you know? When you're told you can't have or do something, what do you want? Yeah. That. And now you're focused on it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they've been held away. They've been held away, and now they want to come in, and, and and it's proving out in a whole bunch of different industries. So we're not alone, but our guys, they are raring. They want to see the stuff. They want to get back to traveling. They want to go to Canada. They want to go on that bear hunt, that moose trip, that whatever. Fill in the blanks. They, there's a lot of great adventure out there, and they want it. They want it. And, uh, you know, I, I, African outfitters, uh, all this stuff, it's all there. It's It's ready for them and and that's you know you bring up a very good point because for for two years now nobody could have went to canada they couldn't book a hunt those hunts have been waiting those you know those those outfitters you know they they're not able to book hunts they're losing out on money so like stuff like this some of them are gone off the map they might start up over the next couple years when things start to get better or whatever but for the most part some of these old timers that been around, couldn't survive those two years. These, there's a lot of hand-to-mouth in those industries. Mm-hmm. And, and without the ability to do it, some are gone. But we also are very lucky, like I said before, digging back into our past, pre-COVID, to, to, to seek out exhibitors. We have some guys that hadn't been in in a couple of years, and it's nice to see them back. They're major people. That's yeah, huge. So that's, it's it's you know what you're doing with this show is is amazing because in all reality you're you're putting back 
you know, food on the table for some of these guys. You're giving them that opportunity to be in front of a ton of people and you having the foot traffic, you know, over the 40 years of doing this and putting those people there and everybody knows like our younger generation is starting to to, to make that an annual thing you know it's it's the things that we did as kids and go there constantly and now we're like the Springfield Sportsman Show we gotta go to that one that's one we went to our whole entire life you know like you gotta go there you gotta go check it out and then all these people are there yeah. they met down there when they were young mm-hmm. and then they got away from it maybe college or starting a family or getting their career off the ground or something like that and they circle back now they want to bring their kids back to the to the trout pond. They want to. I was just going to say the trout pond. You got yeah, to right. the trout pond. <laughs> I can't tell you over the years how many guys have told me I caught my very first fish yeah. at, the, at the sportsman show. Like, wow! And you're a major fisherman now. You know, yeah. you you can't walk by the trout pond and not have a smile on your face. Oh, you know? especially some little kid. That the amazement of that fish that sliming out of the water, you know, uh, what a thrill! Yeah, it really is fun. It, it really is, and, and it's funny that you talk about the trout pond because I think that that's like the center, the epic part of going to one of those things. Like I know uh, when I was up there two, three years ago, uh, my nephew came for the first time. And he's a little guy. And where do you bring him, dude? You bring him right to the trout pond. You know, there's pictures of me and him at the trout pond. You know, and it's yeah. there's probably yeah. tons of pictures of me at the trout pond when I was a kid with my pops. You know, like it's it's the center it's the centerfold of the sportsman shows is is the trout we pond. Have a little bit more for kids now. Uh, these, yeah, it's uh, good. Two brothers coming out of Connecticut uh, got home. Oh, we do this and we do that. You know, da da da. I said. Okay, what can you do at a sportsman show? Because they did it like magic tricks. They got games. They got all sorts of stuff. And so I, I gave them a bunch of ideas, you know, how to, you know, dress up, have fun with it. And so we do have a kid's center. There's a bunch of games, things to do, whatnot, comedy. So it'll be a blast. It'll, oh, it'll be new and it'll be just something else. And, and, and even though we've always tried to focus on, on the next generation, you know, what can we do? Well, it's so easy for a guy to go there and he doesn't want to have uh, a kid off his arm or whatever when he's making a deal to go fishing or hunting somewhere or whatever. But it's important, you know, it's important that uh, those kids get that start, get the introduction, realize it's a lot of fun. I, I have one great, I, 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 I couldn't stand it. It was just too good, too perfect. Uh, this guy, yeah. Posted pictures of him and his son, and they caught a fish at the trout pond. So the kids holding up the fish. This is just the, after this past show in twenty two, uh, our restart year. Um, anyway, uh, uh, the kids holding this. He's with the father, both smiling. Then they were both over there with the uh, Dave Marciano of Hard Merchandise from Wicked Tuna, and they got the picture together with him, and and uh, they're doing all this stuff. And then the father quotes the kid. Dad, is this our best day ever? You know, like, what? You know, that's that's awesome. This kid, this meant so much to him that the, you know, he'll carry that forever. Mm-hmm. He'll carry it forever, and and that's what we want. We want to get those kids out there and get them enjoying nature and, and understanding it and and, and respecting uh, what we do. That's the only way we survive is by respecting what we do out there and doing it right. Absolutely. Is Dave coming back this year? Is he going to set up well, again? I, I'm not sure. I, he's got a lot of reason to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just reached out to his uh, crew um, this week. Yep. So I don't know how busy they are in the, you know, Christmas to uh, whatever. I, I I was talking with Paul Heber from yep. Wicked Piss. Wicked and, piss. And Good old Paul. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and and Paul's a great guy. It was a lot of fun to talk with and everything else. Uh and and boy, I thought we had something struck up and then he he sicks his uh high powered California agent on me. And it was just too outrageous. I mean, yeah. I can have three other really major people for the same price. As him and I, 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 I left him a message. I said, "Paul, you know, 
this guy's got his claws in and and I'm not taking, you know, this is not going to work. I can't, I, we can't do this. I owe it to the people to do the best job I can with their exhibitors booth money. When they pay me to be in a booth and, 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 and for the people walking through that door, I owe them the best entertainment value I can get them, you know, right. and to spend too much and not be able to do a good job in other areas is foolish. That's and he's tough. not working. I think I could get Ted Nugent for 10 grand. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and it know. Is what it, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I guess it's a tough, tough scenario, right? And a tough situation because, you know, to have, to have somebody like that would be great, right? But then on the same token, like you said, you could have a couple other people to bring more attraction in because not everybody might like Paul or everybody might not like tuna fishing, you know, where you could have a couple of guys that do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, that might draw a little bit more attraction. So you kind of have the weight on your shoulders too. Like, is this going to help or, or, or hinder? Out there, particular thing, more so. Water set speakers, more. You know, every everyone we have all the seminar people. There's always a cost to everything. And some of them are hotels and and speaker fees and booths and all sorts of trade sort of things. And there's a lot of moving parts. But you know, people want a variety of things. They want they don't want just one thing and it's not their thing. You know, and mm -hmm. We used to run a motorcycle show in, in Springfield, and we ran it for 15 years until the COVID hit, and then it's just sort of it's hard to restart it, let's say. But we'd have all sorts of people. We'd have all the guys from uh, American Chopper, you know, mm -hmm. Paul Sr., Paul Jr., you know, Mikey, uh, uh, Vinny, and Cody. Blah, blah, blah. We, we played the whole gamut. And there are plenty of people that, oh, look at Oh, look who's here. And another one goes, I don't watch them. You know? Right, right. <laughs> so, can't make everyone happy, you know. It's you just give it a good try. No, and that's probably one of the tough thing when it comes to vendors and stuff too, because somebody might be going there for an upland hunt, but then yeah. the guy that he's with might be going there for an African safari, you know. So like, how do you appease all of those people? You, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of appeasing to do, you know. It, that's yeah. not easy. And you know, we acceptable across the board in the industry of non-related items to the events theme is 25%. Now we're far below that, but get one gutter guy in there and somebody's really, you know, quite upset. I say this, look across the aisle, turn your head, keep on moving. That guy paid for something at that show, you know? Yeah. He's got that. He's going to sell a gutter job too. And that works because everyone's got homes. Everyone's got places, you know, and, 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 and it, it's not what I'd like to see. I'd like to see a hundred percent pure, you know, and the, that's not real. That's not real in today's day and age and maintain a good size show like we have. You know, it's funny. It's funny that you bring it up and I wasn't going to, but I think now that we're on it, we might as well talk about it for a second because it, I think it's something that everybody kind of wants to hear the actual input of it. Right. Cause we all have our own opinions, right? You're like, why is the Shamu guy here? Why is this guy here? Why is that guy? Why are they trying to sell me windows? We're here at a hunting show, but in all reality, I mean, in the grand scheme of things and as business comes, you have to sell spaces, right? And if and if you can't fulfill that space, you got to fill it with something, but at least it's semi-relatable. Like to be honest, if my wife comes and the guy down there is selling jewelry or they're selling this or that or something relatable, you can appease the wives also in the walk. Yep. Yeah, it's not the greatest right. thing for me to look at, but <laughs> it's 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 part of it. It's acceptable. We're still below the uh the ex the the threshold let's call it of uh what you can have in the show and i want a full show i don't want empty booths i don't want someone saying oh look at that no one showed up for this one or that one and it always happens somebody gets sick someone can't make it whatever if i can tuck it with something i'm gonna right. i'm gonna fill it up you know and 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 they wouldn't be there if they weren't doing business so even though it doesn't look related or you, it's not the what you came for, uh, they're still doing business and someone on that floor is doing business with them or else they wouldn't be there. Right. They wouldn't be if that, you know, uh, uh, was the case. And it, But it's that's the dark side, you know. <laughs> right. we, we, don't, we don't want it, but it's also a necessary evil to be able to continue to have the show. Yeah, and I bet you it's... it's it's probably some of the most complaints that you get probably about the show, right? Is that 
But but you know what was surprising, amazing? We generally do get complaints. Last year, everyone was so happy to be back that the the the, the one used the word that was used on uh, uh, social media over and over again was great. I think everyone was so excited. I only had one guy that was blustery and wanted to tell all his friends how he's smarter than the show, you know? Uh, and we're just regular people, you know? We're like you guys. We're all regular people trying to do the best job we can in our industry, and that's that's our deal. But we really didn't get too many complaints last year, even though we had a little extra this and a little extra that. We had less Canadians because they couldn't even come across the border. Some of them could come across the border, but we're unsure if they'd ever get back again. <laughs> that was one of the problems that I saw at DSC was the same exact thing last year where the guys literally would wear masks and they wouldn't go out with anybody. They would be very, you know, very careful because they had come into the States but then in return, they have to take a COVID test. And if they're not, they have to quarantine for 15 days. So, like, they were very careful on who they did business with, who they shook hands with. And it's all acceptable. I get it. But, like, that's tough for those people. I mean, like, I think a lot of people don't. And I talk about it a ton on the podcast. But a lot of people don't understand is what the American people bring to these outside places, to Africa, yes. to Canada, yeah. to all these places. I mean, it's... Yeah. It really motors those places. If it yeah. wasn't for us they're, going there. They're in their local area. One of the things that and I, I realized this last year mostly, that some of the people that weren't coming back out of the woods, that weren't, these are people that they're in rural communities. They're out there in the middle of the woods. There's a little village of people they know that they've grown up with. They're using the natural resources that are around them for bear hunting or deer or, you know, fill in the blanks go out hair hunt or whatever uh they uh they're afraid that if they go out there to springfield massachusetts or wherever and they get sick and they bring it back to their community that they're going to be ostracized remember when so and so almost killed the whole town you know so there is that there's that that factor you know in the scared factor of not knowing mm. they're in their they're safe they're just going to stay there you know so i think that that helps now that they you know it's 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 opened up quite yeah. a bit and people aren't as afraid and i think we're going to see some real good stuff this year really good stuff i'm glad that you know in all honesty i totally agree with you because i feel as if the newer like you said the newer generations has started to take over and start to come to these shows starting to you're trying to stay up with the times and modernize with the things that are available for you we're seeing the foot traffic the things that we can do at these shows it's it's huge the shows are amazing and i think a lot of people are starting to get to that point where they're sick and tired of ordering things online they want to yeah. bring it back after covid they want to yeah. bring it back to people the, the one thing I've, I've said and i've said it for a lot of years and even though the internet has damaged live shows like this i mean going out to a consumer show and 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 and, and somebody's going to put all that effort in they're going to leave uh whatever montana or idaho or new mexico or, or alaska or wherever they're coming from they got to leave that come across the country hopefully do a couple of shows they're away from home they're going to spend all that money traveling if they're flying if they're driving it all costs a whole pile of money there's hotels, there's meals, there's all this stuff. They're coming out to do it for a reason, you know? They're they're coming out to to enjoy and 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 and, and bring business back to their local communities. Uh, many, many years ago, New York State used to uh, uh, do our show, sell licenses. Well, when this one fellow retired, uh, I couldn't get any one at the state to respond to come in to fill in that void to come and sell New York hunting and fishing licenses. And I still have it. But what he did tell me, which was very interesting, he, he said something to the effect for every dollar that's spent on a license, there's $35 that's spent in the local community. So now like you're referring to is that it helps so much of these different communities. And in, in Maine is a perfect example. What is their industry? Their industry is wildlife. 
You know, they they logging and killing. (laughs) (laughs) Stack them like cordwood. (laughs) You know, I mean, in reality, this this means so much for these people to come out to to be the uh, the adventurer, the the explorer, to to come back, to to gather and, and come back into these local communities where people are just stopping at the local store to buy bubblegum for the next week or whatever you know they're twinkies i got more twinkies than i ever need yeah well you're gonna leave a bile when you go too <laughs> it's you know but, it, it's funny that you say it because like when we go on hunting trips all over you spend all that money what do you do when you go out with your friends right what do you do you've been on a million and one hunting and fishing trips what do you do you all go out to dinner you all go and grab a beer it all goes yeah. back into those those places you get your fuel yeah. at the gas station you get yeah. your licenses you get your food you get your ice you get everything when you're in those places you're putting that money back into it there's a lot of money that goes out there and this is one of the things that i've i've sort of tried to poke at with mass fish and wildlife was by not having hunting in massachusetts on sunday they're losing millions and millions and millions to New York or other communities that have Sunday hunting. Well, let's loosen up a little bit, folks. You know, it, it, it is the sportsman. It is the, the guy that buys the license out there that is contributing to wildlife, not the guy that's out there just walking. They get their ski pole walking stick and see how <laughs> fast they get through everything. It's, the, it's, it's you and me. We're doing it. We're making the boat ramps. We're the ones doing all this stuff. Massachusetts, in Massachusetts, the hunting and fishing license program or fish and wildlife is the only program that runs in the black by itself without funding from the public, without tax dollars involved. It was it was a Governor King a, a gazillion years ago, back in the 70s, uh, early 80s maybe even, that all these politicians saw that pile of money for fish and wildlife, and they all wanted to tap it, and he passed a law that they couldn't touch it. So the money that goes in from licenses and and, and whatnot goes directly to wildlife habitat. It goes to wildlife. Some of the greatest wildlife biologists and marine biologists in the country. You know, we got mm-hmm. we have really a fantastic thing going on in Massachusetts, but this is true everywhere. And uh, I, I wrote a, an article for the Boston Globe a million years ago. Uh, I don't know if you remember the lion that was killed, uh, that, that was Cecil. a very famous lion, Cecil. And oh, anyway, absolutely. I wrote an article about uh, Cecil being killed. And, and uh, basically I pointed out, and I had four different editors send me emails thanking me about this article. Because I said, you know, it, it, it is... The, 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 the care of wildlife is taken care of by people that hunt and fish, that, that use those resources. We're the ones, if it wasn't for us, the commercial hunters and fishermen would rape the whole landscape. You know, there wouldn't be anything left out there. There wouldn't be anything for, for Joe Hiker to, to say, oh, look at that deer. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it is beautiful. And guess what? It's a healthy herd because we curb the herd. Mm-hmm. We don't allow them to overpopulate, die of diseases in a little hull mass in the middle of winter. You know, it is our harvesting and it's our taking and our giving back through our licenses that keeps a healthy wildlife population. You know, so we, we let's pat ourselves on the back. Hang on. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> but, but it's true, you know. It's really true that uh, we're, we're doing it out there. And people don't understand that. They don't understand that those dollars and 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 what they actually do is actually kind of funny is a lot of times when we have people come from out of state to hunt with us or fish with us or whatever, we pick those states depending on what state we can hunt on Sunday, right? Because it adds an extra per, an extra day. So when, when we have, for example, this coming up week, uh, we give away a duck hunt with uh, Ducks on the Bay. We do a sea duck hunt, and uh, people come in from out of state, right? So last year was a friend of ours named Dan Smelt. He came up from Pennsylvania, and he hunted with us. Where did we hunt? We hunted in Rhode Island because we can hunt on Sunday. Yeah. Al- Alexandria, yeah. 
and her husband are coming from Iowa this year to hunt with us. Where are we going to hunt? Rhode Island. Because we can hunt on Sunday. They're only here on the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Or if they're here on the weekend. Yep. Um, it's it's what we do. So they can put so much more money back into that state. If Massachusetts or Connecticut right. allowed it, we wouldn't be going to Rhode Island to hunt because then we can put that money back into it. And people yep. don't understand what that those dollars go for. It's Rhode Island, for example, two, last year when we had Dan came up from Pennsylvania. Funny, funny story. We're sitting on these rocks outside of a wildlife refuge, and you're allowed to hunt there on the outskirts of it in the ocean. So that's where we're hunting. You just can't hunt on land. Well, we're hunting there, and this gentleman restarts recording us for Newport News. And he starts talking about how we're hunting outside of a bird sanctuary. And what's not a bird sanctuary? It's a wildlife refuge that us conservations, our conservation dollars, paid for to be there. And you're walking on it, scaring all the yeah. waterfowl that you're not even supposed to be walking on with your dog. Like, it, it, isn't that amazing? People, people are, are are so busy trying to accuse everyone else of screwing up the world, and they're the ones that are over manipulating over regulating and causing things not to happen the more people that get scared away from buying a hunting and fishing license less money it is back into the state like we're talking about mm -hmm. and so it makes sense well anyway at the end of this uh, article and i they paid me pretty nice i gotta say that about well they paid me pretty nice but the uh at the end of the article, I quoted a famous uh, zoologist, this woman, I can't remember her name right now, but she said there are two places on this planet where wildlife thrives in abundance, and it's because they work on a hunting-based uh, 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 model, and that's South Africa and the United States, mm -hmm. because where there's dollars involved, there's control involved. There's people protecting wildlife with that same money. So species that are endangered and species that need extra care are getting it because people buy hunting and fishing licenses. So in our pursuit of our individual sports, I don't care what it is, uh, we produce more of it and healthier numbers because our dollars are given to people that know how to do it. Not somebody that runs around with a flag and goes, oh, I was protecting Bambi. <laughs> well, that's nice, you know. I, I hope you got a, a real good personal feel good. But believe me, they're not a family unit. No. Bambi and his dad and his mom aren't a family unit. They don't think like that. They don't live like that. That's not what they do. It's a whole different story out there. And, and they need protection. They need to have all the other little critters be cared for. You know, whether it's disease or, or whatever, through the dollars that are provided through the use of, believe me, these other folks out there that want to use but not give back, they want it, their voice, they want to say what they want to say, but the truth being is that the only way it all gets taken care of is if there is dollar interest by people that hunt and fish and, and, and you know, participate in the harvest of, of wildlife, mm -hmm. you know, in a natural way, not because commercial, I mean, look at the, the buffalo out west. What happened to them? It wasn't hunters. It was, they say buffalo hunters. No, those those were commercial uh, venues that, yeah, basically they, they were trying to feed this big European market. They were market hunters. And that was, to them, that was great. Look at all those animals. They almost extirpated the, the American bison out there. Mm -hmm. But it, was, it, was, it wasn't until... Uh, Teddy Roosevelt and, and, and others of his ilk that said that we need to have limits and seasons and things to ensure that there is wildlife for generations to come. There's wild lands only because of Ducks Unlimited and other conservation groups, SCI. There's a lot of great stuff out there. Oh, talk about SCI, Safari Club International. Mm -hmm. We have a 40-foot wildlife trailer Brand new at the show this year. From SCI. Yes, yeah, yes. Oh, so SCI they stepped awesome. they stepped up yeah, from a ten by ten. Because they were in a yeah. ten by ten last year. Yes, yeah, yeah. And and he, the guy said to me that my, my contact there, he says he says, uh, Mike, he said, well, said, What if we're thinking about making a wildlife trailer? I said, I will give you some juice, you know. <laughs> right. I'll let people 
going to be there. But that'll be fun. That's another fun thing. That's huge. You know, it's it's that's a huge thing, and that's something that touches dear to my heart, honestly, with having friends that are in Mozambique and Zimbabwe and family that's there and stuff. And we try and talk about it a ton on the podcast. We've done a ton of podcasts with guys from there and guys from here that hunt there. And to bring that light to it, that it's not that – hard to get overseas and go and do that and that oh, what yeah. is actually there and readily available like it's and the, the sci stuff those guys they hammer it home and they do a hell of a job with it too yeah what, what's really fun in a lot of uh, a lot of the um uh, uh safaris the uh hunts in, in in africa south africa i say south africa i don't mean South Africa, I mean the southern end of Africa, Africa. and there's so many different uh, wonderful countries in Africa. Mm. Uh, South Africa, it just is easier to say South Everybody, Africa. All so, Americans say I, South Africa. <laughs> I, I know, and I didn't mean to be like that, mm. but but just uh, for ease of talk. But um, uh, most of these places, they uh, uh, encourage you to bring your wife, your mm. significant other, whatever, uh, a non-hunter with you that they're going to take you on a photo journey to see all the cool stuff in the world, you know, and uh, uh, it's a blast. They really are opening and welcoming and make it. So it's not like, Oh, that's, it's only the husband going out to burn up all the money on this great wild adventure, you know, that, that others can join in and be part of it. And, and then the one or two days of, uh, you might have your hunters go off and do their thing, and the significant other might go into town, buy some cool stuff, see some wild things, you know. And it, it, it's a, but it's a really inviting, inviting continent. Nip. I had to get that off my screen. <laughs> <laughs> You're a busy man, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I get too many notifications. Yeah, but it. Uh, but yeah, this we we got you guys, you know. It, It'll be a lot of fun this year. Yeah, we're It'll actually a- we're actually really excited this year. Um, we we're we got a ton of really cool things that are happening. We're actually going to bring in. I was telling you about it. Um, is we have a, a guy um, by the name of Travis Bailey. He shot an absolute giant giant black bear. Um, he yeah. said he was going to at least stop by for one day and bring his big bear skull. So that's pretty yeah. cool. I mean, he yeah. that bear was over seven hundred pounds live weight in Massachusetts. <laughs> Imagine that. That's crazy. We we have a local bear that some of the local folks go, he's 500 pounds. Well, I can tell you, he's just a little over 400, but it's still impressive when that mm-hmm. thing rolls down the road. He's crossed the street into our yard like this. Looks like me. You know, I got my first two. <laughs> big fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's it was crazy to me that they don't keep records of the black bear in Massachusetts. Like I, it's never really been known that the whole black bear phenomenon is real in the last thirty years. Mm. You know, it's it, it's which is still relatively new when you talk about the whole scope. Uh, but yeah, we have some impressive stuff. Mm. I don't know why they don't. We we measure we measure antlers, we measure weight, we do all sorts of things. You know, I mean, they, they measure a skull on a black bear, but it's not really a record-keeping thing. No. Unfortunately, you know, they, they should be respected. Look at Maine. Maine does – Maine keeps records on everything. Like, every <laughs> single thing known to man is, is record. It's all papered. It's all trailed. I'm, I was just surprised when Travis was telling us that. I was like, dude, you kidding me? That's pretty close to a record bear for that state. And they – I mean, it's got to be, you know, and it's yeah. – but I think it will be a ton of really good attractions at the show. And, and is there anything else that you want to kind of leak out so guys have to look forward to? Yeah, come down and meet the guys. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, there's a lot of really good folk. And you know the, the, the amazing part is, and I really love it, and, I, and it's, it's an honor to represent our industry uh, – uh, everyone you walk up to and meet and talk to are decent people. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, this is like the whole Northeast sportsman, annual sportsman's club meeting. you know, And that's what it's like. Mm-hmm. Guys talking about what they did this year, where they went, everything else. And the, it, it, it really is a, 
the the birds of a feather thing, the mm. the the connection to each other, you know, in our sport and our pursuits and and the, and the things that we love, just to be around other people that that uh, have been on those mountaintops or out in that 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 Arctic tundra out in the middle of nowhere and 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 and, and, and experience things that the rest of the world will never get to see they'll never see that sunrise coming up that we do they'll never get the shiver in their tree stand and you know wait for that sun to come around the corner and warm them up and they'll, they'll never get those really truly wild spiritual moments they're spiritual you know we're, we're, our communication with nature is 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 optimum well, I guess that kind of leads into one of our last questions. We always like to ask everybody, and what it is, is, Doug, what drives you outdoors? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Big list. Big list. Uh, it is truly adventure. It is. Cause it, it, my nephews have been going out and back to my house to hunt for the last couple of years, and they're, they're still pretty new at it and stuff like that. And when they came in, I asked them questions. What'd you see? What'd you blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and you are forced just by the act of walking out into nature. You are forced to learn. You are forced to know more and enjoy it. You, you, uh, uh, every time you go out there, whether you're challenging yourself or, or just, taking a walk and looking at chickadee tracks on the on the snowy branch it's it's always a learning experience and it's always wonderful it's never bad because even even a couple years back out back of my house uh i i, I found mountain lion tracks wow. I, I know it was a mountain lion it was the only time i saw it was only one hunting season out of being back out there for 40 something years you know uh uh, but you're you're forced to learn something, and it's always good. I love I love getting out there. That's the most important thing, Doug. We are super excited to be at the Springfield Sportsman Show again this yes, year. Glad to have there. Yeah, we're looking forward we're, to it. We're still taking on exhibitors, so if you got any friends that that want to get out there and, and, and be part of the whole outdoor world and, and sell their wares or their services or whatever, you know, uh, we're we're still looking for folks. You know, we. We'll always find another corner to touch somebody into. <laughs> and Doug, if you if you're looking for someone to do a seminar, you can always just throw Trev out there. He's yeah, cheap. He's you go, give him a cheeseburger and tell him to go talk yeah. about something. He'll talk all day. <laughs> well, well, that cheeseburger thing must work. We got a guy, a, a podcaster guy, Bobby Roast. Bobby Roast. I don't know. I think that, who knows? I think we all love meat. <laughs> like well, we were talking. Invite me back again, guys. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad. Absolutely. I'm glad you joined us, Doug. It's it's awesome, yeah. and I think that you have a lot to talk about. You know, being a writer and everything else that you got to offer, Doug, and what you're putting together in the Springfield Sportsman Show is absolutely amazing. Something that we remember since we were kids. We would always go there. From you know, we'd look forward to it every single year as going to Springfield Sportsman <laughs> Show. So to now be part of it is truly, yeah. truly amazing. Honestly, yeah. I, I I gotta say one little ditty. Uh, uh, when we had Ted Nugent in, uh, uh, my son, my wife, my daughter, you know, they're all sitting in the audience, and and my son was very, very young, and Ted, Ted uh, uh, plays a couple of songs. He's got one Sunrise, and we got another one, Fred Bear, that he sings, mm -hmm. and and he gives this seminar, very powerful, powerful seminar, and afterwards, I go over to my son and my wife, and I bring Ted over, and when I introduce him to my family, and just shortly after, my son's like. Dad, can you imagine that? Playing rock and roll and haunting for a living? <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy. I like that boy. I'm yeah. going to keep him. <laughs> uh, There's nothing better. There's nothing good better. Stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. 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 So, Doug, we're definitely looking forward to the show. We cannot thank you enough for jumping on with uh, us. We're going to hear your voice here on the podcast again, yeah. maybe at the show if we get some time, if not after. We'll do a I, might, I may end up with the podcast stage. Okay. That's so we'll schedule you in, get you in there, maybe a couple of shots and all that good mm -hmm. stuff. And, and uh, uh, our, our, our website, which is not updated for this coming year, is osegshows.com. That's O-S-E-G shows.com. 
your, your face is going to be on there in not too distant future here. We're, we'll, we'll do some promotion for you and all that good stuff. Awesome. Well, Doug, everybody knows where to find you, what to do. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. Come and see us at the <coughs> Springfield Sportsman Show. Hey, you should probably, what's the dates? You should probably say those, right? Yeah, February 24, 25, 26. That's right, exactly. February 24 through 26. Yeah, and, and our website's got all that stuff. So, you know, log on. Our, our Facebook page, uh, Springfield Sportsman Show, has, has got info on it, too. And uh, uh, I, I really ramp up all the. Uh, good stuff as we get closer to the show so if someone doesn't go on the website now i don't care but i want to there in early february and make sure to <laughs> check out facebook too because you've been pretty yeah. active on there putting some stuff on there so i'm gonna go and check them out there on facebook also my, my hardest part is not to spill all the beans at once you know yeah i, I know I you've been very selective stuff. i was like hold <laughs> on doug what are you come on spit it out <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little announcement about uh uh about Ruber, I got it. You know, okay. yeah. that's to me. That's a that's a real feather in the cap of the show. Mm -hmm. yeah. That'll be a lot of. I totally agree. I'm gonna put the link below here, so you guys can go and check it out in the in the details. Also, the link to Doug and his show and what is actually going on, and uh, you guys can stay up to date for that. And with that, everybody else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.